All right, welcome to Best Words Podcast, Emergency Kamikaze number 22. Where <laughs> number are we? 22. We're, we're closeted in some godforsaken corner of uh, the Sky City Center. And uh, we don't really have much time because you're about to see Starlet. Yes, we'll see, I am. Uh, director there in yes, 20 Sean, minutes. Sean Baker's in screening and we'll be doing Q&A afterwards. So I'm very excited about that. It was a film I didn't think would make it, so excited that it did. Yeah, so we need to basically give a quick update to everybody yeah, on what yep. we've seen and love. So we're just going to talk about a lot of films really quickly, and people who get bored with their two-hour podcast should be in heaven. Yep. What's your, tell me about some of your favorites. Okay, so my probably one of my top, well, no, not probably, definitely one of my top is still Computer Chess, which is just yeah. phenomenal. Um, it appeals to me on so many different levels. The, the geek, the weird, the kind of surreal... But also like the the crazy old you know um, video equipment four by three black and white grainy yeah just I loved everything about it. I, I got to see it and I loved it too. I um I, w- I loved how weird it was and yeah. yet how entertaining it was. Yeah, like it's an incredibly strange movie. I can't think of another movie like it. But despite being really weird and inexplicable, <laughs> deeply inexplicable, and in I, some I really places, quite like the, it's still entertaining. It has this kind of almost cons- for me a conspiracy theory tone like the, this. I, I guess this that whole thing about you know technology changing at that time technology changing now yeah. and the kind of the undercurrent of uncertainty running through it I quite like yeah yeah, yeah. it's the one time that audience talking has improved something because somebody actually said out loud what the fuck in the middle of the movie <laughs> it deserved it um, speaking of conspiracies did you get to upstream color I did did you love it I have to say, I didn't love it, love it. I, I enjoyed it, and I'm, st- I'm still kind of processing, but I don't think I took away f- from it as much as a lot of people did. It's one of my favorites, and I, it's interesting. I've talked to two people who it's their least favorite film in the festival, but I, just I wouldn't thought, go that far. I didn't thought it. it. Yeah, I thought it was just so assured and so uh, revolutionary. There's almost no conventionally shot scenes in there, yeah. and yet the narrative is very easy to follow, and just as a symphony of sound and picture, but also telling a very deeply strange but actually still explicable story at the end of it yeah we'll see it's the, really rich in metaphor as well the general um, narrative or, or at least the metaphor I thought was reasonably st- simple or straightforward it seemed like the kind of thing you could put in a short story but he his, his work with images is definitely pretty pretty wicked and I, I actually love his, loved his use of light but the sound was a bit too in my face really because I love that about it yeah. um, did you see Blue Ruin no, I didn't. Okay, because Blue Ruin also had really strong oh, yeah. sound design in it as well. I watched that well, see, so last did, night and um, really enjoyed I that. I would say that Field in England did as well. I'm about to see that today, so oh, yeah. I can't comment on it yet. Yeah. yeah, did you like Field in England? Look, man, it was nothing like I expected it to be because I didn't really read much about it. And I've come out, I come out of the side of loving it, actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it took me a little while to process. But by the end of the film, I was like, yeah, I think I actually quite enjoyed that. And then uh, a night later... Yeah, yeah. So it's a gro- it. it's a grower. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's one of the tough. I want to see it again. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the tough things about the film festival, I guess, is you have these films and you try to sing everything, yeah. and then stuff that takes a while to process. Like I, I had that with Nobody's Daughter, Haywan. Yeah, yeah. Where I walked out of it, I thought it was kind of a shrug, and the next morning I was like, Oh wait, that's, that's your what hong happened. Set, in that's that your movie. hong, isn't it? That's my hong of yeah, the year, yeah. and yeah, and uh, even though it took me a day to get there, I would say it's one of yeah. his better ones. But it, yeah, it took the scenic route. What else is uh, uh, another thing that, that stuck out for me was Southwest Giant, the Cleo Bernard. That was a good call by you for um, <laughs> getting me there. Keying into your taste. Yeah, yeah. It, it, just a, a beautifully observed story of friendship between two boys in an impoverished area, highly unsentimental, but still you know allowing a, a lovely relationship to grow and then things go wrong but you know so it has had a bit of dramatics to it but at the same time it was very sort of very real feel to the the family dynamic and the friendship dynamic of these two kids and their families and yeah has it compared to the ken loach have you got to the ken loach yet no i haven't oh, okay. I, I would i wouldn't say it's at all like a ken loach um, oh, okay loach tends to be a little less 
well, he's gone a bit odd in his last couple, but although this time it's a documentary, but he, he tends to be a little more kind of hardline, yeah, social realist without, and not so much on k- kids. Yeah, oh, the odd kid okay. one. Sweet 16 was really good, and that was about a sort of a young boy, I guess. Did you see um, Norte, speaking of... Uh, no, I didn't, see, it, uh, I didn't see Norte. Did Norte, you, the end of history. Did you see the entire, of it. entire end of history, did you? Um, it's one of the quickest four-hour sits I've ever had. It's my favorite film of the festival. It's more favorite than anything I saw in 2012 or 2011. Wow. We're going back to certified copy for wow. a film that I love that much. Wow. I am... I've, and I've bullied everybody in Auckland that I can get to go see it. Yeah, I, I think, see David came out and uh, <laughs> yeah. about it as well. Uh, so yeah, he, uh, he took ages of bullying, but David Larson did come around and say it was <laughs> worth sitting there for four hours. I guess he'd been traumatized for Mysteries of Lisbon. Mm. But really, for something that checked a lot of boxes that I thought was going to be a tough sit yeah. um, on the outset, it's novelistic, it's deeply compelling. What's what's next up for you? Okay, for me, how many lessons? Which uh, I, right, I know yeah. you've seen the trailer of them. We're I, probably a bit, little bit kind of. Mm, I was wary about that yeah. one. Yeah, and I've heard mixed things. Some people have really not responded to it. Oh, okay, I, I really did respond to it, yeah. and and I think the the comparisons to Tarkovsky and Bresson are not unfounded. I think it, right. it, it plays. I mean, the narrative, but also the, the the kind of the story and the and the kind of the the darkness with kind of. Uh, a somewhat hopeful undercurrent is very reminiscent of Bresson's work with Dostoevsky, and, I, and I'd say um, the narrative is, is kind of Dostoevskian. It's, there's a lot of Dostoevsky in uh, references to Norte as yeah. well, so that might be uh, looming over the. Yeah, so that's quite that's a few another thing with kids actually that was really good. You know, like a, a great young cast that was a lot more spare than most of the other films I've seen. Right. Very kind of formally precise but beautifully shot um, and beautiful use of light and colour I guess for me it would compare to last year I, I watched a little thing called um, Just the Wind which was a right yes I remember you talking a, a about little that little slow film and that was so yeah I really enjoyed that it was very cool how many lessons did you see uh, Stranger by the Lake I did not I heard there was an awful lot of penis there is all the penis it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty much um, all the penis I, I think a third of the shots probably have it directly and a lot of the ones that don't it's because it's hidden in another person's body somewhere um, and it's uh, which is not anything that I've ever sought out specifically but it's a stunning it just sits between genres it's just the story observed in 10 or 11 days at this um, gay cruising spot yep. beautifully shot and you don't really know what genre it is at first and even as it goes on you don't there becomes this thriller element to it go, as oh, yeah. it goes but there's also this absurdist comedy oh. and then it's only at the very sort of end that sort of the deep emotional heart of it comes out a yeah. um, really extraordinary different film and that I'm sure will never come back and yeah. very worth checking out in any way possible yeah yeah if you're, if you're in another part of the country one to look out for yeah. Another one for me that re- that worked in a different way was Cheap Thrills. <laughs> now, I mean, it, w- it was reasonably light, but actually it had more thematic depth to it than I thought it might. Just looking at, at issues of uh, poverty and, and the kind of the, the global financial crisis, it, it, made, right. it made me think of things like um, Magic Mike, um, right. some of the um, Kelly Reichert films, which are not necessarily this more directly addresses some of that stuff because you have a pair of couples, one who's rich and, and a couple of guys who are down on their luck. But it really kind of does sort of think about some of those things, including like thinking about uh, ideas of traditional barriers to poverty, like um, higher education and uh, not working. Right. Yeah. Um, did, did it live up to my uh, Fear Factor meets Saw description, or was it a bit uh, tamer than that? In some ways, tamer. In some ways, not. Like I, I didn't find it super shocking, but there were there were, there were certainly a number of cringe, cringe moments where I kind of went, oh, 
floor and turned my head a little right. bit. But I really did enjoy it. Yeah, I, um, I really struggled, and I actually even met the director, and he tried to encourage me to go. And <laughs> in the end, I already had a ticket for um, the missing picture, oh, the okay. Cambodian genocide one. And I'd also had yeah. some bad news that day. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm up for something really dark. I'll go see the Cambodian genocide movie. I have tickets for <laughs> but I have to that say, it was probably well. the most fun film I've seen at the festival so far. It gave me the biggest laughs, and it was true, you know, out loud laughs, rocket laughter at certain times. So I, I thought it was, he did a great job with uh, kind of a reasonably simple premise, nice direction. Very good acting by Pat Healy, um, David Kirkner, probably the best thing I've seen him in, or Kirkner, however you pronounce his name, and Sarah Paxton. Yeah, all f- pretty fantastic. Yeah. My um, most fun one on the other side of the spectrum of things you can take your kids to is Ernest and Celestine. Oh, yes. Which was... The French just, animation, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, like the a, Town Called Panic dudes. Uh, well, yeah, they came on and there was a third... Oh, yeah. The guy, I think, who I re- originally developed it. Very different in style called Town Called Panic. Um, watercolor style. Yeah. Um, story about a musician bear and a dental uh, intern mouse who become <laughs> best friends. And I just hurt from smiling by the oh, end yeah. of it. It's so adorable and so fun yeah. and funny. And I might go back on Thursday, even though I probably shouldn't spend any more money at this point. <laughs> nice. But, um, yeah, super fun and a, a lovely break from some of the heavier... Uh, so, so it could be a double feature with cheap films? You know, for fun films? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess we all have our own definitions of fun. Now tell me, Suspiria, what did you think? Oh, Suspiria was fantastic. Yeah, Because that, you had never seen it before. No, no, and what a way to see it, really. Yeah. On the big screen, the Civic, it looked fantastic. It's At first, first viewing it, because Goblin were there and they were such a presence yeah um, the sound was such a presence now tell me in the actual film was it that much of a presence it's quite big in the film I mean for those who weren't there basically um, Goblin did not uh, replace the soundtrack but augmented the soundtrack soundtrack. and so and I think there was a person operating the mixing board so sometimes they'd fade out the original score but sometimes they'd keep the existing score and Goblin would play on top of it so it is already very present in the film but um, it's actually just kind of like on steroids or something like that it's a very they were pushed forward a bit which was as you'd expect and I, I think I think at first I thought, oh, perhaps the sound is driving all the, the tension in the movie, um, which is not bad because it's a fantastic score, but I thought, oh, the sound is going to drive the entire thing, so maybe what's to the visuals? But actually, once I'd got into it, um, I realised that his, his editing and his camera work uh, it's really unsettling. And the production design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not to mention all the friggin' wallpapers, and yeah. <laughs> which are just freaky. But yeah, the, there was a sequence that stuck in my head where the camera sort of drifted up into looking through a filament of a light bulb right up high, yeah. watching the back of this girl as she's starting to freak out, and then very quickly kind of zooms down. You think it's going to zoom in on that, that girl who's freaking out because her friend's asleep, and it actually goes sort of sideways on an angle, hovers over her friend with this girl freaking out, like just in the corner of shot before it swings around on her, and then backs away and swings around behind her it was just really weird and unsettling and very cool I'm so glad you made it out because it's such an extraordinary film even if I do wish death upon the person who MST3K'd the whole thing three seats away from me oh, yeah. which is just really uncalled yeah. for um, Stories We Tell which you had seen oh, yes. before I yes. ca- managed to catch that what did you think I really enjoyed it yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, um, I, it was interesting I was very with it for the first two acts yeah. and then it reaches a point where it's kind of reached the natural emotional climax yeah. of the story and you feel like she's trying to milk something out of it that isn't there and you're yeah. like well feel like it's fading and then you realize actually then it becomes something else was, about yeah. interrogating why right. it exists in the first, first place, place. Yeah. and that's a really clever um, t- 
twist. I'd like to see it again, actually, yeah. because I did have a bit of impatience because I was slow to c- catch on to what she was doing with that. Yeah. And it was only sort of at, at near the end and then afterwards talking about it that I kind of appreciated just how yeah. brilliant it was. Uh, what, yeah, one of the things I loved about that is the film truly worked on about two or three layers. Yeah. Um, and she, she did a really nice job of, of um, yeah, pulling apart how, how we use story and particularly yeah. in a communal setting, how we use story and narrative and truth. Well, and why we create yeah. as well, which is a recurring thing. I mean, I yeah. just saw Cutie and the Boxer, which plays with those themes as well, a very good oh, documentary yeah. about... That's the artist, uh, Yeah, an 80-year-old yeah. and 60-year-old artist couple who've been together since the 60s. And, uh, yeah, very well-observed, beautiful story. Uh, we're running out of minutes. Do okay, you have anyone uh, yep. you want to talk about? The Act of Killing. The Act of Did Killing. Did you see it? I'm seeing it on Sunday. Oh, my it's word. It's very important to me to see it's that, isn't it? It's pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I would say... It's one of those things you struggle to say. That's a great film. It's a good film. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm not sure that I really enjoyed it, um, right. but it was a f- fantastically made, really interesting and vital film. I'd right. say something you definitely need to see. But I wouldn't. I, I would probably not recommend it to some people I know who probably wouldn't cope. Just because it's so yeah. intense, yeah. yeah. Um, have you seen The Great Beauty? Are you going to see The Great Beauty? No, I missed it, and I'm pretty sad about that. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's maybe not my favorite Sorrentino, but I think it's the most accessible one. It's beautiful and sad, and um, full of life. Um, we're running out of time. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap um, this up? I, I really enjoyed the past. So that How does it stack up to the other Farhadis for you? Um, I think, for, for me, it was a devel- development of his craft in some ways. He pulled back a bit from some of the melodramatics, I think. Um, okay. But as some p- other people um, mentioned, perhaps the connection with the characters wasn't quite as strong. But yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed it, and I think it, it is a good movement for him, and coming out of Iran and, and shooting it in, in Paris is something different. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just really quickly mention again Blue Ruin, which was incredibly oh, well yeah, shot, yeah. great piece, and uh, Charles Bradley's Soul of America, which is the most that I've cried at any documentary oh, wow. this year. Really? It's not my favorite documentary, but fantastic music, fantastic emotion, um, really worth checking out. Um, I have major craft issues with it, which we yeah. can talk about some other yeah. time. But for any casual viewer who loves a heartwarming story about a James Brown impersonator at 62 making his first record, uh, it's essential. Well, so that's Best Worst. Podcast NZI episode 22. FF special mid, mid-gorilla style podcast. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get this on air before it's over. And if not, Wellington, um, our uh, speed is your gain. Yeah. Talk see, soon. See you.